If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, General. We are your host of Street Politicians, the place where the streets streets and and politics politics meet. Going on, Mr. Lennon. It's a new week. Yes, ma'am. How are you feeling today? Good. I am feeling energized. I had a long week. A lot of powerful things happened last week and just a lot of moments where you could just see God's hand in my life. Um, And then by the weekend, you know, we'll talk about Uh, Carly Russell and being involved in that I was so drained Sunday I just had to like sit still because I was like this this can't be life (laughs) um you know it just can't be life but we'll talk about that yeah you know we had we had a good week man um shout out to Jay-Z man in the book of whole shout out to the whole rock nation and everybody over there man it's it's an amazing exhibit we happen to make the exhibit you know, it was just dope. Well, first Shout of all, people that are listening may not even know what it is. The exhibit that they are doing in Brooklyn, in the Brooklyn Museum, 
It's the it's Brooklyn not, Library. The Brooklyn Library, my fault. They, they turned it into a museum, actually. There are several exhibits inside the Brooklyn Library in which is honoring Jay-Z's career. You know, the, pretty much the whole floor is wrapped with his face. The inside is wrapped, but the whole front is wrapped with his lyrics. You know, you have to experience, they have, they actually recreated the baseline studio where he, where he, you know, records or has recorded pretty much all his albums. Um, there's a, a room where it's like, they has like a little mini movie of him that is dope. They have a room called Win Win, where it shows all of the 4040, you know, his escapades there. Then they have rooms with different albums that you can see is different um, exhibits of each thing that pretty much signifies what his career has meant for the 50th anniversary. It, I mean, it's amazing. You know, yeah, you no, have, yeah. Win Win though is not just 4040. Win Win is about his, it's 4040 moments in there, but it's also about his political contributions and that is, social yes. justice work. So that's why they call it Win Win. Cause it's all it has, which that's where, like you said, we're in that room. We did make the exhibit and we're in that room. And that's where they talk about, um, you know, his work in, uh, in Kansas city, Kansas, uh, against the police department that was literally aware of the rape of black and Brown women, uh, for many years and didn't do anything about it. And so we got, we worked with them and partnered with team rock shout out to Donya Diaz. And of course, uh, Desiree Perez for, um, you know, the, the collaboration that we did there. And so they have that, they have parchment prison, all the different, you know, social justice and political activity or what have you that he's been engaged in throughout his career is in that win-win room. You're hundred percent correct. Thank you for correcting me. But there is, it's just, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a plethora of things in there that if you have opportunity, Make sure you go out to the Brooklyn Library and, and, and you know, visit it. I know people have been visiting the last few days and, and everybody is saying that they love it. A lot of my friends have went and visited it. So I would recommend you go see it. You and Jay-Z were very young when y'all first met. Mm -hmm. And throughout life, you all have encountered one another many times. I'm just thinking about a concert that he was doing, a show he was doing, not a concert, but it was like a show maybe four or five, four years ago or three years ago, where from the stage, he saw you there and he, as he was performing, he called you out and was like, you know, my something, shout out to you, whatever. You remember that? Yeah, it was the B-side concert. It, oh, it was a concert, okay, yeah. So yeah, just thinking about that and then seeing the exhibit and knowing where you were at the different times, sometimes in the room, sometimes around the area, sometimes not in the room. Like, mm -hmm. how does it make you feel? I mean, it's, it's dope, man, because being a young artist and, you know, and, and watching Jay-Z and just seeing where he came from, just understanding that, like watching, like in the, in the mid nineties, 96, I remember the first time I seen Jay-Z was outside, I think it was probably like the supper club or something. And he was standing here and he was just chilling. And and I remember that was when um In My Lifetime had dropped. And mm -hmm. I loved that song so much, In My Lifetime. And I loved that song. And then I remember him and Big L freestyling on 
stretching Bobito, like, and he became an artist that I paid attention to. So, mm-hmm. so when I first seen him, I was like, and he was like, yeah, that's my man, Molecules from um, the Legion. And I was standing, he's like, yo, that's Jay-Z, that's a Jay-Z dude. That's how they just say, that's the Jay-Z kid right there. You know what I'm saying? And 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 they was, they was doing their thing. And I remember watching him from that moment, he was just real quiet, you know, not really saying much to just being around and then being in the studio when he did Money Cash Hoes with DMX and, and being in the studio watching him him write his verse for the blackout and him not even write the verse. He just sat in the booth with the locks and he was in the, the, the lock studio and I walk in the room and he's just mumbling to himself for like 15 minutes and then he goes and just plays one of the hardest verses you ever hear in your life. So just watching him evolve from that to being pretty much one of the biggest hip hop artists who ever, ever lived to see that it's, it's motivational for me. I don't know how you can't be motivated knowing, like literally seeing those steps. And then not only that, it's people like Tata who I've seen with him since day one. You know what I'm saying? It's also brothers like, you know, Emery, you know, who I've grown to have a real dope relationship with OG, who I have a, a, another real dope relationship. So just knowing how tight knit they circle is and knowing where all of them have come from, it's, I don't know, like, if you're not motivated, I don't even know what to tell you. I can't tell you, you know, everybody got their own situation or whatever, whatever, but I'm just saying, I know, you know, the the beginnings that that man came from, and I know the work that he put in to get there. So, you know, it's it's a win-win for me, because whenever I see somebody I know been through a lot and have actually put the work in winning, you know, I feel like I'm winning, so. I don't know about nobody. And it's and and that and the thing is what people somebody will say, oh, but he did this and th- and you did that. We don't that doesn't mean that every single step along the way, yeah. everybody agrees. Or even understand certain things. Sometimes it's not just agree or not. Sometimes you don't even understand. You 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 confused as to why people are making certain moves. And so you can say that, you can hold that and hold being, um, you know, appreciating the art and the growth and the development at the same time. So I know that, I don't know any, I, you know, obviously I'm a hip hop fan, but um, I've always been in the movement since a very young girl and unfortunate, not unfortunately, but fortunately for me, um, the music that we listened to certainly wasn't that, you know, I heard hip hop, of course, I know Reasonable Doubt. I got all of them. I know all the words, I all of that. But my everyday wasn't as immersed, if, if you will, in that part of the life. So that's just something that I kind of missed, right? I never got to go to a concert or see Little Kim or go to the Apollo for those concerts. When I went to the Apollo, it was for older folks. It was for James Brown. It was for, you know, things like that. That's just the way I was raised. So I don't know Jay-Z from that time. I know the Jay-Z um, that I came into contact with after the Colin Kaepernick situation. And that's been fairly a short, you know, a short period of time, but he was open to hearing my feelings about what happened with Colin and my thoughts on the way forward. And they, of course, led by Desiree, created a space 
for social justice within Rock Nation and Team Rock. That is not like, you know, yeah, they said, no, it's real. It's a real space, you know, where you can really bring an issue and be like, hey, we need help. We need resources or we need to develop a campaign or we need to get other people behind certain ideas and, and, and different things. And, I, and I'm just saying that I can't tell you nothing about the past, but I do know that the commitment to the work has been very strong. And it does, and we don't even agree all the time on that. You know, Desiree and I have conversations all the time when she's feeling one way about an issue, I feel another way, and then we find a way to, but nevertheless, never do they say, well, because we don't necessarily agree or feel it or understand it, we're just not gonna support you. That doesn't happen. So I just, and I know people probably get tired of us saying it, but similar to how we do with Ben Crump, we have to constantly tell people because they will shift the narrative so quick. Speaking of shifting narratives, going into our next topic, we can get into that, but they will shift the narrative so quick on people and we see it done to us. So just like I know that there are rooms that I'm not in. And people tell me this all the time, that they're in certain rooms and folks start talking all kinds of shit about me. Oh, you know, she's this and she's scamming and then the money from the Black Lives Matter and she's not serious and not this and that and she ain't shit and da 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 And it's people who constantly have to say, eh, I don't know about this and that. Maybe you don't like her. You had a bad encounter with her. That's fine. I'm not going to argue that. But I could tell you about what Until Freedom does. I could tell you about, you know, what she's been doing with her work, how long she's been doing this. I could tell you about, the, you know, that, that, that the money wasn't stolen and then this and that and the third. I could tell you those things. And that's important to me. So just as I feel the support, you know, whether it be Ben Crump, whether it be J and B, whether it be whoever, I'm gonna always make sure that I speak truth to power around my interaction. Same thing with Puff. You know, say whatever you want, whatever you want, because I don't know all the details of all the ins and outs, nor do I have the time to do the work or even to focus on it. And I'm sure some of what everybody has to say is true, right? Because all of us have flaws. We have things we've done wrong, people we've done wrong, people we've hurt. We've hurt ourselves. We all, nobody is above critique for the things that we've done. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, let's just put that on the table. Um, but still, there are other things that need to be highlighted just as loud. So that's all I have to say. I mean, you pretty much said it, man. And that's that's how I feel, man. I, I you know, there are, there are people who, for me, the good outweighs the bad. Yeah. Right? And, and if you if you hear me negatively talk about somebody, but oh, you always gotta come, it's because I haven't seen that person do anything good. Like for me to talk about you, I have to say, yo, this person really has not done anything that I think is good. Cause that's the only way I'm gonna have a negative conversation. But it's a bunch of people, oh, you don't say nothing about because I, I see the good and the balance. I see the balance with the individual. Yeah, they might have did some shit. And I and I might say, yo, I think you probably should do this better or this and that. But for me to publicly out somebody is because you, in my opinion, have added nothing but negativity to, to the culture, you know? And, I, and, I, and so when I talk about somebody positively, it's because I see the majority of the positive. Like, have I agreed with everything that Jay or Trump or anybody has said or done? No, 
And sometimes I might be like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like that, or I don't really agree with that, or you know. But I still, I'm still support them. But what I'm gonna say is this: for the most part, Jay Z's career and what he's not only just watching him evolve into a businessman and watching him quietly and not even want mm-hmm. to come out, not even want to come out and, and say, yo, I do this for the movement, I do this, I've done this, I've done this for black people. For him not even to want to do that. And I know personally people that he's done and personally things that he does that none of these people would ever do, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's humbling and it's, it's motivating because a lot of times that's how I move. Like a lot of people, oh, you just this. And you just, you don't even, y'all don't even know half the shit that I do. I don't post half the shit that I do in the communities. I don't post half the people I speak to, the kids I deal. Like that's not something I post there because some, I don't, it ain't even in my mind most of the time. You know, I don't do it because social media needs to see it. So when you see social media, you think that that's all that's going on, but it's way more shit going on. So, and I don't have, and I don't have the care to clear up. And that's what that's what yeah. I learned, Jay Z. He doesn't have the care to clear up your misconceptions. Like you know, they got the meme that says, "Yeah, what what they said, yep, believe it." I, that's what I did. Go stay over there. I did whatever they said I did. Yep, fuck that. And that's that's what it is, you know. So I've learned that from him and just being able to to work silently but effectively, man. So well, they, they their their strategy has been. And I have learned it because I'll tell you this weekend, for some reason, people just was attacking me. I don't know what was going on. Social media was just like a bunch of people saying I wasn't shit for different reasons. And I was so comfortable not responding. And one of the reasons why is because after spending some time with with Jay and then, of course, you know, uh, Beyonce and I had a very uh, powerful moment together. Uh, with our, my sister Alicia Keys, who was there as well. And by the way, shout out to Alicia because also in the same week, Alicia Keys sold out the Barclays for an incredible concert. Incredible hey. concert. Hey, she invited all of us to be there. It was amazing. She is definitely the GOAT. People need to put some respect all on Alicia Keys. No, for real, because it, it was a, a great concert. Um, and that's the second time, because the other time was at Radio City Hall. The other time I saw her was, uh, was at Radio City Hall, and it was smaller, and that was special, and then this was big, and it was special. So anyway, go, Alicia. But um, we we shared a moment between um, Alicia and Beyonce and myself, and it was so beautiful, just so beautiful, sisters. And it just reminded me, because one thing about both Alicia and Beyonce is that they just not finna argue with you. They just not gonna do it. It's, it's just no way at all are those two women gonna stop and get in the, the back and forth with people who are trying to degrade them, disrespect them, you know, demean them and what have and, um, And I realized this weekend, I'm not doing, I'm not even responding to half of this stuff, maybe one or two things, but it was done in love. But other than that, all of that nastiness, I didn't respond to it. And what I realized is that their strategy has been right, wrong, or different, or indifferent. Say nothing, and then the people are arguing with themselves. They, they, can, only, you, they can only make as much out of a story as what you give them to feed into it. 
So if you don't talk, they don't got nothing that they can, it's nowhere to go. So speaking of um, saying nothing, Carly Russell, you know, Friday night, I also attended, it was a big week for Jay, um, the Sean Carter Foundation 20 year anniversary. His mother, Gloria, uh, she runs the foundation and they had a super fancy gala uh, that I attended, happy to be there, got my little one seat that I didn't even, I wasn't even supposed to be there, but it just so happened that I was able to go. Um, and I enjoyed Baby Face and Regina Hall and just, you know, an incredible event. And some of the young people, they're, not all of them are young anymore because it's been 20 years that have been through the program. Um, and they're, you know, have received support and they've gone on to colleges and other great futures and just was beautiful. DJ Khaled was there. They raised $17 million that night. People, um, you know, Beyonce signed a bottle of Ace of Spades. People, you know, had an opportunity to put they look to do the auction, participate in the auction for all that stuff. Of course, I didn't participate because it was above my pay grade, but at least I was there and it was cool. And when, it, and but the whole time I was sitting there, my phone just bing, 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 bing. People were speaking about or writing me about Carly Russell, um, who turns out she is her and her mother are sorority sisters of mine. Um, so they are AKAs. And, um, you know, which by the way, there have been non AKAs that, um, you know, families have reached out about folks missing. I was involved in another situation where a woman believed to be, a young woman believed to be trafficked from working at Disney World. And that was just a couple of months ago. She wasn't an AKA, but we were all hands on deck. So I just want to get that out there before people say, oh, the reason why is because no, it was, it, that's one reason, but we've done it in other situations. And, you know, we, we know the story. I don't think anybody just that listens to Street Politician does not know the story of Carly Russell, pulls over on the side of the road, calls the police, says she sees a child walking. Then she uh, calls her sister-in-law. Sister-in-law hears her get out the car, asks the child, are you okay? And the next thing you know, a scream and then nothing else except highway noise. And then she's gone, vanished for with her car there, her wig there, her other personal items. She's gone for two days. People are literally pouring everything in their souls to try to find this lady. I know I was on all types of calls and back channels and working specifically with uh, Star Jones and, and another woman by the name of Mignon Moore and some other sisters to do all we can to you know, help the family. Um, and we were engaged and, 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 and I had every, if she was not found safe in, in a day or two, I was certainly going to Alabama. Um, that would have been the next move. But, you know, there was a lot of other stuff. We wrote letters, wrote letters to the sorority, wrote letters to others. I mean, just so much work that went into, um, you know, trying to look for this young woman. And then all of a sudden she's found safe or she arrives, she comes um, home or whatever the details are, because there's a few things. On one hand, um, someone from Hoover, Alabama, sent me a message saying that she contacted her family somehow from one place and then all and then another post that I saw said that a bunch of cars pulled up with her family vehicles and stuff at that location which they say I'm not even gonna say it because I don't want to spread falsehoods um but 
there. So th they went there. So it's probably true that somewhere else they believe she was. And then the next thing you know, she pops up at home. And, um, you know, it was a real scary situation because at one point, Sunday evening, I was feeling real grim. Like, I just don't know if this woman is going to be found alive. I prayed about it. I cried about it because I know if I'm driving down the road, even still today, knowing what I know, knowing that I shouldn't do it, understanding it could be a, 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 a trap and everything, me driving past a bay, a child walking on the side of the street, that's, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm, ne I'm never gonna be okay with it. I just can't do it. Now, maybe I know now that you can't get out the car. You gotta stay in the car, keep the car locked and try your best to keep the child. But if the child steps off there, like it's gonna walk into the moving traffic, I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do. And that's still today knowing what I know, Mice. That's a fact. No, I, I get it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of different variables in this situation. For me, just knowing that a woman just was lost and there was nobody trying, I didn't feel like people were doing the best they could to find her. You know, I utilized my platform, my voice too. You know, so by the grace of God, she 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 showed back up and she's alive. We don't know the details of exactly what happened to her, you know, and people are assuming this and that, or, you know, you, you it, the, the thing for me, which we'll, I'll get into my, uh, I don't get into it, but just for this, this exact situation, the thing for me is that, you know, I believe that our people don't give our people enough grace. You know, yeah. we just always assume the worst. You know, and, and you know, there's already the, oh, she's lying. How could she be lying when she ain't never said nothing? You know what I'm saying? She was lying. She ain't said a word. We we, right. we just knew she disappeared. We don't know what the thing, we, we were giving us, her, her sister heard this and that, the police, she called the police, the police gave the same story. She said this, she called her sister-in-law, next thing you know, she was gone. We we said, well, maybe she was abducted. It seemed like she was abducted. All she just, we don't know what happened to her. She never said this happened or that happened. So for people to say that she's lying and this and that, it's just so weird. And it's always our people that do it. And I just be like, I don't understand us, man. We just always want to assume the worst. Well, yeah. here, here's what I will say. I feel sorry for her because understanding all that I've now learned from people like Tony Rivera and others about trafficking, she might not even remember what happened to her. And the way that people want the blow by blow details as if they're watching a Lifetime movie, is folks gonna want you to tell them what happened, who was it, what they look like, where they take you, what did they smell like, what did you eat, did you not? The people want the TV show, they want the Netflix special immediately. Mm -hmm. Same night, woman, two days, she's gone. Her boyfriend comes out with the statement saying she was fighting for her life for 48 hours. Y'all want not even to give these people a minute to sit down because I'm sure between law enforcement and hopefully the family has lawyers, a good lawyer, because 
they need to make sure everything they say is done properly, you know, it's stated, whether it, and people will say, well, just tell the story, the truth, no, but it, that's not the way the world works, right? The world doesn't work like that because one, it can be unsafe. Like she could literally be in danger. Traffickers are not the kind of people that just go away. They don't, that's not what happens. They keep tabs on families. They threaten people. We have no idea. We don't know. And I get it. I understand that people feel they worked hard. They were invested. They were engaged. So if I'm that engaged, I feel I deserve for you to at least say, hey, you know, this is the, these are the basic facts of what has happened. I but get who that. do they deserve that from though? Well, that's the point. That's the problem. The problem yeah. is that you're asking somebody who left their car on the side of the road or was taken from their car. However, you want to I want to make sure we say it properly. In other words, what I'm saying is, let's just say that she had a mental health crisis and just decided to walk into the woods. Right. Because, listen, I've seen all kinds of experts, people talking about folks who look for a minute. They they just lose it. Right. There was yeah. no child. She saw something, she thought it was a child, and she just walked into the woods and disappeared for 48 hours. One, she then she would have been sleeping in the woods because anywhere else that she would have shown up, anywhere, 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 walking on the road, making it on the street, going to the store, pissing in the corner, somebody finna see you. Somebody gonna see you. So, so but let's just say the story that it's a hoax is true. And she just walked off into the Neverland and sat in the woods and said, he, 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 look at them. They all look at me, he, 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 ha, ha. And I'm just sitting here, right? <laughs> Let's just say that that's what happened. Wow. And God forbid she can't remember the details. That's what they're going to say. And when you get drugged and shit in these trafficking situations, people don't always remember. Even shock can remove certain parts of people's memory. It can block certain parts of their memory. So I'm just saying that you make the most valid point. You made this point yesterday and you're making it again today. And I agree. The woman didn't tell us anything. She ain't lied about nothing. All they, all we doing is going by the family's report of the police call and the um and the what she said to her sister-in-law. Other than that, the fact that she her shit is just on the street on the side of the road like and she going off cell phone listen something wrong <laughs> you know so that's it and, and and we we would based on those based on those facts i would still do the same thing even if she wasn't abducted if she came back they said she was there with mental health whatever i would still have done the exact same thing because the lady needed somebody to find out where she was and that's it you know i would definitely let want to know if if we was able to save her from being abducted and whatever, maybe our voices made the people reconsider, whatever it is, anything. But whatever it is, somehow she came home safe. And that's, that's the blessing in itself for me. Even if she had a crisis, even if she decided she was going to run away, even if whatever, still, she, her family didn't know where she was and she needed to be found. Yeah. She could have so, been, she could have been, I'm, I'm going with the, 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 the hopes theory. That's what I'm, I'm, my thing is, I don't even, for it to be a hoax, 
There would have to have the been... hoax would start now. Like she would have to make up a story today. Yeah, that's not true. What would be the hoax based off of? Like what would what would be? It's not like there's no GoFundMe to find her. That's not like she. Yeah, she would have to start now. And say that somebody did something to her. Exactly. And, you know. That's so, where the hoax would come in. But 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 what I'm saying though, right? I'm saying that even if I'm going with the hoax, right? And she just she just did this whatever. Still in all, she could have been suicidal. Like you don't know. So the point is that the work that we did to get her returned home or to be located, that actually is it was effective. And 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 it was it was effective and it was also necessary. And I say this and we can move on. People need to really stop because they've never experienced it acting like trafficking is not a real thing. That's a real live problem that we are dealing with right now. Yeah. A real life, real life problem. And in the conversations that I was having over the weekend on Saturday, people were really trying to decide, do we make a lot of noise and get the woman killed because they are afraid that now we can't do anything with her. She's no good for the trafficking needs, whether it be organ, um, stealing organs or sex or prostitution or whatever. <laughs> She's no longer useful for those things because it's too much attention to who she is. So we could kill her or you make so much noise that they released her. And I believe, I truly believe that number two was what happened. That whoever had her said, eh, we need to get rid of her because if we do something to her, it's going to be so much attention brought to us and our ring or whatever we got going on, the operation that we're running here in Alabama, that we're going to get caught. So we'll, so we should just let her go. The sad part about it, though, is that there are other missing people right now that need similar attention. And I don't even know the mechanism that you use to help put that kind of pressure exactly. out there. I don't even know. I mean, there, I'm sure there's a, there are others that are experts in it, you, but this it, is a deep thing. And, and you know, in the worst case scenario, you know, the reality is this brought to light to a lot of people that trafficking is a thing. A lot of people didn't really pay attention. So this situation, Maybe and this the what happened to this lady, whether that's the situation or not, because we haven't heard her exactly say what happened. But <laughs> the way the scenario that you know um allegedly happened happens every day. Shit like this happens every people are abducted like this on the side of the road, walking out of buildings, walking this like everyday shit like this happens. So even though you know we don't know the exact you know, situation and, uh, you know, all of the the details of what exactly happened here, this is not far-fetched from what happens on a daily basis. Because you know what, my son, there's another, and I hate to be the one to throw out theories because it's dangerous. It catches fire. And hopefully by the time our show airs, which is in two days, um, we will know the, the, the story. And so whatever I'm saying won't matter. But I just want to be clear again, I have no details. So everything we're saying here today is just us speaking for the point of, of, of discussing how we react, like how we as people, especially as Black people, react 
um, you know, to our own, especially when we don't get information that we want right away, right? And the other thing is, let's just say for some strange reason, it wasn't a child, but it was something else on the side of the road that she might've thought it was a kid, it was a child or it was something else, maybe her mind. It is not far-fetched to know that if a man sees, or not even just a man, because traffickers move about all day. And by the way, women are engaged as well. But I would imagine that in terms of physical, ain't no one woman by herself gonna just pull up on the side of the road and snatch somebody. But if, if, if the traffickers see people or even just a regular rapist, look at that man. They just found the man in Suffolk County somewhere in New York. He was killing people. He was yeah. killing people. So if you go on the side of the road, investigate in the situation, why do people think that folks don't make a split decision? Let me pull up and see what this is about. Oh, you out here by yourself. Oh, you, you I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna snatch you. I'm actually mm -hmm. gonna kidnap you. That, that happens as well. You don't have to be a part of a massive uh, operation, a massive sex trafficking ring and operation. People, people by themselves. Jeffrey Dahmer was out here on his own. What are we talking about? Like, stop acting like yeah. these things can't happen. And her mother said something in the statement that is so powerful that I, we did not entertain negative thoughts before she, when she was missing. And now that she's back, we still will not entertain your negativity, the nasty comments and all those things. But you need to get in touch with God yourself to know that there are miracles that's actually possible, that God can do major things. And I believe that. So I, you know, until- the sad, part, the sad part is the only logical or acceptable, you know, acceptable outcome would have been something negative for people. Right. right? <laughs> she needs to be dead. That is the only way that they believe something happened to her is unfortunately if she'd have lost her life. Yeah. Or Period. then lost her life. And it's, it's sad that that is the mindset that we have. And that's period. So anyway, I'm glad Carly Russell is home. And I hope sis is somewhere healing and getting herself together. Because no matter what the circumstances are, leaving your shit on the side of the road is all something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Your mind, your heart, your life, the peep, somebody, it's, it's all bad. And so whatever happened to sis, thank God she's safe. I think that if, if Carly Russell would have died, it would have been a devastating blow to the world. Like people were so invested in that situation that if she would have died, I think people there would be people out here who would really be messed up. And I don't have the woman's child's name and I will get it. But I want to make sure to mention that one of the volunteers that was on the ground with the family every step of the way was a woman who also had a child to go missing and her child can't, was that it was killed. Um, and so, you know, I, it, it's things like that, like helping these folks to locate or to put a movement together for somebody else's child is healing for you when you lost someone. And so if she would have been, if the outcome wasn't as it is, just don't know. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. 
Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. That's how we own it! 
so this week and there's and and, and there's a couple of things going on in fact i'm in a kind of like a debate text that's been going on all day today about um representative eli crane um saying in a, a congressional meetings so i guess they were voting he called the black folks who were pushing back on things that, you know, policies and legislative items that he wants to put forward uh, and that the Republican Party is pushing for. The black Democrats were going at it back and forth with them and trying to push back. And he called them colored people. I saw Joyce Beatty, who is a Congresswoman herself, she was like livid. And she demanded that they strike from the statement those words, which means that it would be removed from the statement and that he would not, that it, it would never be in the record that he actually said that, called, referred to them as colored people. And so there are a few folks debating that like organizations like the NAACP is still called colored people. Uh, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Um, and there are other places where people still use the language colored people. And so the debate is, you know, should folks be so upset with him for using the terminology colored people? And my answer is absolutely. Not even because of what he said, but because of what he was talking about. He was in the process of trying to destroy, remove, um, change diversity programs in the military and mm. all types of other banning anything that has to do with diversity or looking at our history or, um, or you know, or, or things that have been used to help Black folks, African-Americans and other people of color advance in an oppressive system. They are in the process of trying to roll all that back. So, if he was just a regular white man who was having a regular conversation, even a regular congressman who, or, or, or a congressman who was having a regular thing and in his debate or whatever, he used the language colored people, I might not feel as strongly about it. But the fact that he is using that context in the moment when he's also fighting to diminish all of the programs and the things that we have fought for to ensure that African-Americans and other disadvantaged communities have opportunities that we've been locked out of tells me why he would use the language colored people. Because by the way, that language comes from a place. There's a history of why the word or the term colored people was being used. They never called us African-Americans, they or Africans who were then in America, they stripped us of everything. All of our culture, our names, our language, everything was stripped from us. And they reduced us to being colored people because they could never call us what we were, which was Africans in America, enslaved hmm. people. They could never say that. Black yeah. probably had not been, I think um, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson is one of those who started saying Black people, right? No, he's so, African-American. African-American. He said African-Americans, right, excuse me. Um, so so we, th this, these are, that's sort of like new terminology, mm -hmm. right? 
But and when I say new, of course, it's many decades, but I'm just saying it's new terminology yeah. in comparison to them folk calling us colored. So if you say, if you are a white man who generally tries to walk on the right side of history, trying to do the right things, you are an ally in the movement, and then you say in the colored people, blah, 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 okay, fine. You could give him a pass and say, hey, you can't say that, right? But the man that's working to ban our history and our our work, fuck him. Like, I mean, what are we talking? I don't understand what the debate, I, I don't know. It's just black. I think people. the debate. I think people, and, and it's 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 like it's just like the word nigga, you know. I think I think that there are <laughs> certain demographic of people who believe that if one if we say it, then why can't we say it? You know, if, right. if, if the NAACP still says colored people, then why can't the white people say colored people? Because you can't. You can't say it because we're not going to accept it from you. You not the reality is that there's a history of racism in this country that comes from white people imposing their wills, imposing taking away culture and everything from black people. Those said white people who who come from that lineage, who come from your descent, do not have the right to call us the names that we might have adopted for ourselves. Unfortunately, we've adopted certain, you know, um names and, and certain terms for ourselves because that's what through our history we were taught to do and a lot of us just like we like i say with the word nigga we've we've used it in power we use it as a brotherly term we use it as something that we do inside our communities but i don't care i forgot who it was um delroy lindo you know he was getting interviewed on on um on the news and he said, you know, I don't understand why you guys can say the word and I can't say it. And he said, so go ahead, say it. He said, say it. You want to say it? Say it. Say it. I let, go ahead, say it. Say it. Say it. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. Okay. So you sound like you want to say it. So say it. The, the reality of the situation is, is you shouldn't even want to say it. Because you, you, you understand that the term coming from you doesn't mean the same thing. So don't want don't. It, there's no need for you to try to figure out why you can't say shit that you know the reason why you can't say it. That's it. It's like if I got a nickname, if my grandmother, my uncle call me Booby, you can't walk in my house and call me Booby if we don't have that relationship. That's the, like this is just the reality of what's going on. Unfortunately, we have we have indoctrinated certain shit that a lot of people feel is toxic for us. A lot of people feel that us using the word nigga is degrading because of what it was originally meant to mean. And I get everybody's understanding of it. And if 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 some of our people believe that, then every white person should know that. So even if some if there's a small de demographic of black people that still utilize certain terminologies that we use from slave from slavery that we haven't got over that somehow we've rationalized amongst us, it's amongst us. It ain't for white people to try to figure out. It ain't for white people to try to indoctrinate. And it's unfortunate that the white, most of the white people ain't having these conversations. Once again, it's black people. It's black people saying, well, what's wrong with them saying it? If we do, like, I do not understand. Oh, I can't wait to get to my, I don't get it. Cause that's, I'm black people is, they, I'm just, I'm just so confused, you know, but, but I'm not really confused because it comes from slavery and it comes from enslavement, enslavement. Okay. Enslavement. That's the terminology you want to use. 
and it comes from no, it's not the terminology I want to use that's the proper term. It is enslavement because so slavery, slavery pretty much means we chose that. Enslavement means we were forced. It was put upon us. Enslavement. Yeah. So, so saying like I was a slave. I don't know if slavery means we that listen, we listen, let me help so, you understand it. If I understand I say, enslavement. I, I definitely understand. Right, but listen what I'm saying. People Just, are in, in, in imposing the act. The enslavement means the act okay. is being imposed upon somebody. Okay. Right, the because what I'm saying is the, when you say I, I was a slave or they were slaves, right? It, it, it doesn't it, get it removes the the factor of like somebody somebody it I wasn't a it. choice it was it but that but that person was enslaved means there's fault there's blame there's mm -hmm. someone to place the responsibility and accountability towards okay i definitely so we, agree you're on the I, same page I'll, I'll upgrade my terminology so enslavement would it they want jill scott to change her song as well, by the way, because you know, at the end, she says it's the home of the slave, and they want her to save the enslaved. I ain't mad at that either, but I ain't mad at her if she say no, because she might not want to change her song. And because yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, the thing I is, reality don't. situation. It don't mean she know. If everybody know what she meant, you know, before before we decided that the. You know the terminology was enslaved. We we understood every time we said slave is slavery, we knew exactly what we were talking about. So I love the fact that we are upgrading terminology and we are advancing certain things, but it does not diminish what the things were before we advanced them. You understand what I'm saying? So okay. sometimes that little vintage, that vintage Toyota or or Chevrolet that people got from the 60s. They don't want it to look like the shit in the 2023s. They want their shit to look exactly like the car the they got. 2023. Yeah, they don't want the two. <laughs> they don't care about none of that. They, yeah, they but well, however, okay, I like that analogy. But here's the thing: if you know though that the engine of the old Toyota or the old whatever has a problem that's dangerous and people have burned up, died, whatever drove off the road or whatever, then you have to fix the engine or get a different vehicle. So the point is that, yes, it's true. We like our vintage stuff. But if we know that when we're saying things or riding away, it's actually dangerous because it doesn't put things in the proper context, we should acknowledge it. That's all I'm saying. I ain't gonna say change it. What I'm trying to say is this. I understand, I understand the want for people to say enslavement, because it definitely does put a level of ownership on the people who actually did the enslavement, right? So I'm like, okay, I like that. But I, I'm not mad at somebody who still says we were slaves and we dealt with slavery, the act of. The, the, we were slaves, the people who were enslaved. If you say, if you look up- Enslaved, you said it. But the thing is this, but if you say slaves, if you look up slaves, it will say, people who are slaves, right? <laughs> okay, right? we need to move on. what slaves are. It would say, if you say slaves, it explains to you what they are. Listen, all those. you, you won. You won. You know all, I don't want to, I'm just saying that either way, I'm not mad. I will, okay. I'll definitely, 
I'll definitely give to somebody else. And, and, and that's why when you say they want Jill Scott to change her song, I'm like, she might say, I wrote this song 14, 15, what she said, 20 years ago? 19 years old. Yeah, she wrote it at 19 years old. Like that was the song for then. It ain't for the new terminology. <laughs> for then. It's like us trying to take a Billie Holiday, Billie Holiday song and saying, you know, it, let's let's change Strange Fruit. And we're gonna put the, the direct direct terminology for Strange Fruit about all of the shit that we know now. No, it, it was for what it was, it was when it was. If she wrote it yesterday, then we would be utilizing terminology. At 19, those are the perfect words for that. So that's what I'm saying. And what I was saying is we've been indoctrinated. You know, unfortunately, we've been indoctrinated into a lot of slave terminology and slave understandings within our own. So we still got to do our own internal thing. But that does not give anybody outside of our internal circle the right to utilize terminology that they know that they are they are 100% aware is directly, you know, to hurt and harm and disrespect. And that's just that. So I'm with her, strict that shit from the record and make sure Congress you don't say woman, Joyce Beatty. Joyce Beatty, Congresswoman, we appreciate you. All right, so I learned some new stuff. Let me tell you the two things I learned. One, I learned that double dutch is actually a sport that is acknowledged on the Olympic level. And the second thing I learned is that in every other country except America, it is mainly boys who jump double dutch. Um, and you know who we learned it from? A woman by the name of Layla Little Omosawe. Uh, and we're about to see an interview that you and I taped um, a few days ago with this woman where she really opened my eyes to a whole different thing. You know, we constantly learning. We said from the beginning, street politicians is going to be a place. We don't know all the words. We don't know all the things. We don't know all the laws, but we're going to learn together. And we always try to invite people that teach us something new. And so for today, it's very interesting. Brothers, if you're watching or you're listening, you're like, oh. Man, that ain't gonna talk about double dutch. What that got to do with me? You should check it out. It's interesting to know that it is actually a sport that a lot of men um, are engaged in in other places, um, and that you know, for whatever reason, here in the United States, it's you know been geared towards young women. But it, it, it and and by the way, you know, I think that what's most important in this conversation that we have um, with Layla, it by the way, Layla is a champion. So y'all will learn more about her bio in a moment. Um, but learning how important it has been to some young women's lives in this country, getting them off the streets, getting them engaged in Olympic level uh, uh, practice or sports. That's, I mean, I didn't even know this was happening. It's all, it's something, some, people are always doing something somewhere. Yeah, it's a lot, man. So let's get to, let's get to this interview, dope interview. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. 
They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. So we're excited today. You know, it's the summertime and I don't know, for whatever reason, my son, kids just don't go outside. I don't know if it's the video games. I don't know what it is, but it's it's bad. And uh, the cell phone, the video games, whatever it is, kids don't go outside. They don't even have interpersonal skills. And I know that when I was a kid, something like what we're talking about today um, was super important. And that was double dutch. I never learned to jump really, because for some reason I have two left feet, so I'm not good at it. However, I watched, I was a turner. I was a stand on the cider. I was a cheerer for the double dutch competitions that went on in the hood and people were outside. And so today we're being joined by something that's really unique to me. I, I know if it's unique to me, it's absolutely unique to you. And that is 
a woman who um, has risen to the highest level of the double Dutch field, if you will, um, and that's Layla Little Omosawe. Uh, and she is a multi-time world champion jumper and a coach who now has her own league. They call you the double Dutch queen. Thank you so much, Layla, for joining Street Politicians. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. It's so exciting to finally meet you. But I'm just super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm amazed. Because I was one of the little young... See, I had a sister, so I had to learn how to turn. You know, oh, one of her friends was there, so I had to learn how to turn double Dutch. I had to know how to turn double orange, and I had to do all the things. You were so forced to. I was forced to. So, you know, um, I, I became like a fan of watching... You know, y'all jump double just. I even tried it a little bit, but like Tamika said, I couldn't really do all the jumping stuff. I didn't have the coordination. But ah. what? So you? So obviously, you've been jumping since you were a kid. Since I was eight. And first of all, Tamika, let me tell you, it probably wasn't you. It probably was the turning. It's all in the turning. And then you ain't had nobody like me to teach you how to jump. You know I what I'm saying? Sometimes your hood cousins sisters that it don't work. You need somebody with a little bit of technique. 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 Expertise. Expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, I've been jumping double dutch for a very long time, over 30 years now. Started jumping at the young age of eight. Well, my schoolyard friends taught me how to jump at the at my elementary school in Norton, New Jersey. And then we discovered a double dutch team at the Boys and Girls Club right around the corner. Now, me growing up from a single family household, my mom was always picking me up from school late. Right. So one day I'm like, well, where are y'all going around the corner? Everybody was going around the corner. And luckily I was in this program called the Ready Program, which prepared you for college. My mother always put us in these different programs to make sure we were exposed to different things because she didn't have money. So the Ready Program, um, it paid for your college after you graduate from high school. So anyway, with that program, you automatically got a membership to the Boys and Girls Club. So I walked around to the Boys and Girls Club. I was, it was like, God sent. Because once I walked in, they already knew my name. It was so crazy. They already knew my name. It was like signing right here. And I never looked back. I've been going to the Boys and Girls Club ever since. My whole entire childhood. Fast forward to joining the Double Dutch team. Uh, we became the first team in New Jersey to make it to the finals in the World Championship. Then the first team to actually win the World Championship. And I'm talking about when it was about 200 teams in Double Dutch at that time. Um, so it was tight. We made one mistake and sitting down the next day. Anybody who watching who ended up with us, they know that's the truth back in the day. Um, but it all made sense because when I graduated from high school, graduated from, well, in the middle of college, I said, this is my niche. This is what I really want to do. I want to do it full time and I want to make a career out of it, right? I never knew it was going to blow up to this big, but that was my thought. That was my vision. So it started out as just a team at first. And then it expanded into me going out, training others, starting up new teams. We even had a TV show on Lifetime called Jump. And after that, it just blew up. Everybody wanted myself and my um, business partner at the time to go out and teach them Double Dutch or perfect their skills or start up their teams. So we did that. And obviously, the business got bigger and bigger and bigger. Fast forward, we had all these teams now, right? But we felt like we didn't have a platform for them to go because the league that we jumped in was dying out. And we didn't want to see the sport die. So we decided to start our own league. The name was originally International Double Dutch League. But then not too long ago, I signed a partnership with the American Olympic body for jump rope. Um, 
And so now my league, the National Association for Double Dutch Orgs, is now eligible for my kids to um, try out for the Olympic team for jump rope. Olympic. Now we had to change the name because anything international has to go under the International Jump Rope Union. But I'm going to be representing underprivileged youth in the, in the cities of America, right? So I had to change the name so it doesn't conflict with the International Jump Rope Union. If that makes so sense. So there is actually an Olympic track. Well, by track, I mean like an area of the Olympics for Double Dutch. Yes. Or right now, the sport, is it Double Dutch the, or rope jumping? It's jump rope. And Double Dutch is the category that my expertise lies. So mm. I'm going to represent Double Dutch teams. My league only, you know, focuses on Double Dutch. But there's single rope jumpers out here that do uh, some amazing things in that rope and jump just as fast in a single rope, like boxers, right? Mm. It's crazy. But mm. that's not my expertise. I love double dutch because you have to do it as a team. You can't do it by yourself. So mm. that's why I never got into single rope because my vision is to teach girls how to work together for a common goal. Mm. And that's what double dutch does. You have to work cohesively in order for it to work. Wow. So that means, so now your league can officially, everybody from your league is officially able to try out for, for the Olympics. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and this year is going to be crazy, y'all, because um, I'm, I'm looking for more partnerships and looking for more people to, you know, have, look, when I look back, have, be there for the kids. You know, these are, are children who don't have the resources like other children in other leagues. So I'm going to need to build um, like a barrier around them to protect them, to make sure that they have certain things that they need. If the uniforms, training, this is top-notch training now. This is not two days a week type of thing. Think about, you know, the Dominique Dolls. They practice every morning. So we're talking about Olympics and we're talking about teams from underserved communities. We're definitely going to have to make sure we have things in place for them so that they can compete. I mean, it's one thing to have the skills, but they need everything behind it. So, you know, What's the age group? What's the age group? And about how much does it cost for you to train each child? And then how many kids do you have currently? So it costs about $1,200 $1, a month um, at that level. Right now, obviously, we're not doing it at that level. So right now, parents are only paying about $100 a month. But um, that's only because I transformed my double dutch program that I spoke about before, my private company, into a mental health and nutrition um, clinic. That way they can still do double dutch, but health insurance is kicking in and, and offsetting their costs because they're also getting mental health therapy sessions as well as nutritional counseling from licensed practitioners. Um, so I had to find a way to sustain a program because it got to a point where I couldn't afford to pay out my own pocket. I got a whole family now. Two little rugrats running around my house, right? So um, if if I didn't have those insurance um, pieces involved, and then if we weren't going to that level, it wouldn't cost so much. But now we're at the training level where it costs about $1,200 a month. It's going to cost about $1,200 a month. Wow. So do you, do you see, like, the change in some of these girls that come to you? Like, I know it's like, oh, like the mentoring. Like, I know you're taking raw young girls from the hood that probably have issues and all those things. So do you see how it transforms them? Absolutely. Um, 
one of the easiest ways, and my favorite thing is when I take a really introverted child, they come in very introverted. And then once they learn how to jump for that first and second time, oh, you can't shut them up. They become an extroverted person off the bat. Like mm. they, they're now spokespersons for the team. They're now going out and, and on commercials and talking about whatever, you know, the director give them. They're setting the lines and being straight leaders. They came in like, oh, I can't do this and very timid to this is who I am. This is my personality. And I love that. The confidence building is everything. It's priceless. Mm. Just mm. talking about the, the YMCA, when I, when I hear you say that, it, it, and then listening to how you talk about pretty much what you're doing is mentoring and, um, you know, taking your time out to really invest in these these young girls. That's what we need in our community. You yeah, know, that's a, and, and they've taken a lot of those. Like you said, you have to find different right. ways to get funding. You can't even just naturally just get funding under, you know, things for children in our communities, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of communities have closed down Y centers. They closed down the community centers that where we used to go to, to you know, to, to have at sports. Like I remember, I used to, they used to have a program program down the block from my building called the Mosaic that we used to go to, and that's where I played basketball all the mm -hmm. time and stayed out of trouble. You know, and and just listening to you, these things are what we need back in our communities. We talking about how the communities are struggling. We talking about the violence. We talking about all of the negativity. If you're taking the positivity out of our communities, if you're not investing in the positivity in our communities, right. what else can we get but negativity? It's yeah. so sad. Um, just to go back and answer your question, Tamika, we started at the age of five. We now have this category where it's called the next generation, where they can compete, but they're not, they don't have full teams. So the coaches can turn for them. So now we're starting them from as young as five, and then they officially start competing at the at third grade. Mm. Um, but yeah, speaking of, I mean, the saddest part, guys, is my biggest obstacle is practice fees. Ironically, they don't have any way to practice because they can't jump. When you want this level, you can't jump on ground or concrete. Everybody thinks, oh, they could just go outside and jump double dutch. No, mm -hmm. that street jumping, when you're doing it on a sports level, they need like a basketball court. They need, um, I mean, just some type of indoor ground. And that's the hardest part. Every coach complain about practicing. And I'm like, wow, we can't. Where, where are you located? Where are you located? I'm located in New Jersey. Still. So um, I service the kids all up and down New Jersey. I started in Northern Jersey, where I'm from, but I'm, I'm now expanded to Hudson County, Union County, Burlington County, which is all up and down New Jersey, North and South. Mm. Um, but I have teams under the league in 14 different states. So we're in New York, we in Chicago, we in um, Philadelphia, we, we're in, I say Chicago, we're in DC. We're in almost all of the cities except for the West Coast. I'm coming, I'm coming West Coast, I'm coming, <laughs> promise you. I saw that you also um, have a program, like you started to expand towards health, I guess, for, for like actual physical health. So what do you see as the sort of um benefits of jumping do you feel like that is actually i mean i would think so because obviously they tell you to jump rope and working out but what does it look like to be trained are you just jumping rope or are you doing a bunch of other strength training and things that help you with your like actual physical health 
Absolutely. Well, they say jump rope is the is the best exercise, first of all. Mm-hmm. Jump rope off the back is the best exercise. But before we start developing routines and start teaching them technique, we definitely involve a lot of conditioning. We um, do a lot of endurance, like running and um, different obstacles, turning drills that we teach them to build your endurance. Because one of the hardest elements of a competition is speed. And you have to jump for two minutes straight, two minutes and five seconds straight. There's no way in the world you could get through two minutes and five seconds of jumping speed. and. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates— Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, 
HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Earning speed if you don't have the endurance. So we do a lot of um, cardio. Mm. We do a lot of muscle building. Um, and then we get to the routines and, you know, teaching them the different elements of double H competition. Well, I said girls, but are there guys in the program? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. we have boys. And in double Dutch, in the double Dutch world, it's only up north that the parents kind of hesitate about allowing their boys to jump. But mm-hmm. when you go down south, almost half the team are boys. And if you go out the country, nearly the whole team, when I say team, one organization, it's all boys. And you wow. see a few girls. It's only up here where it's like a girl thing to us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's my mission, you know, to empower youth, but more so a focus on girls. So that was the perfect uh, uh, bridge or element. So what are your needs? Like, what can people do right now to help you? Can they donate? Are you a 501c3? Do you have an element? Like, how can people help you to keep our kids active? Because I think what you're doing is innovative, right? Maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm... I, no, it's innovative. It's definitely innovative. There are some folks out there that's doing double dutch, you know, shades to all the coaches, but there's definitely a lot of doing with the double dutch cleaning thing. Mm-hmm. It's involved in the mental health and the nutrition. And yes, the National Association for Double Dutch Orgs, which is short, NATO is short for that. Um, we are a 501c3. For one, we need a headquarters, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a building, we're looking for a sponsor. Where when teams come in, this is the double dutch hub, or when coaches need training, they can actually come to the double dutch headquarters to get training from some of my master level trainers or myself. Um, and then teams who need practice space in the area, they can just you know sign up for a session, come practice here. We also need obviously everything takes capital, right? Because we have to put on production, full live competitions. Y'all got to come to our competitions. We just did a huge Black History competition at the DeSalvo Museum in Chicago. Sold out event. Um, but those things cost money. It costs a lot of money. So I think my full-time job is uh, fundraising. That's my full-time job. Oh, um, and, then we, and then I have teams, obviously, who can't afford to get there. Like this past championship, I have five organizations who couldn't make it because they couldn't afford it. Um, and it, it gets very costly. Like the sport itself to participate as a jumper isn't that expensive as in comparison to other sports like cheerleading. But when it comes to getting the whole team to, to competitions, that's where it gets a little rough for, for coaches. Um, they need buses or airfare. Or, and then per, you have to pay registration uniforms and it gets crazy because some of the parents just they want their kids to be involved they can't afford so yes we do take donations we we all look for tighter sponsors and we're just looking for a some more partners this year because we're going to the next level now before it was like leading up to this now we're here so I'm like all right who's with me I have to build a core team for these babies um and I'm gonna do it I'm gonna make sure they all get a fair well, shot you're gonna do it we know Definitely. we can see that Miss Layla is going to build it. And you, you know, you're doing God's work, as my song would say, working with our youth, giving them any avenue to better themselves, to have outlets, to have places to do and things that that and and, and people that's invested, right? Yes. Because so many of our young people lack investments 
from the people around them for many different reasons. You got so many families that need other extensions of themselves because the, the yeah. rat race is going so fast. And so, you know, it seems to me like all it's a lot of people who follow us and they're always like, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I could do. And certainly we don't necessarily do this type of work, but we understand that there's a connection, right? Like we're fighting for justice in the street and we want to yeah. also help to, you know, get our young people off the streets, out of trouble, right. stop killing each other. And then we need programs and people like you who are willing to do the work to keep our kids busy and safe. So I really, really uh, appreciate it. And I, I had no clue that double <laughs> was the whole thing. I'm like, oh, okay. Listen, it's a whole big thing. You could be a coach, you could be a judge. Um, I, I can put you somewhere. <laughs> if you just want to invest, I can put the money and you'll see where it goes. You will see where it goes. The sad thing, and I'm going to leave it here. Um, double Dutch been going on, like I said, since I was eight. I've been competing literally since I was eight. And we started competitive double Dutch. And when I say we, an African-American police officer in New York City started competitive double Dutch. But then we just dropped the ball. No one invested in it to keep it going because we just look at it as this double dutch thing. So then other communities picked it up and they saw a, they saw a vision, they saw opportunity in it, and they saw value in what we started. And now we're like, hey, can we sit at the table? It's a good thing that I you know started, you know, signed this partnership last week. But we should have been the one <laughs> like, hey, you want to get involved? But right. it's us, you know, looking at the partnerships because we didn't invest in it. But now, but it's not too late. Like you can invest in it now. We're at the table. I, I sit on the board now uh, for the Olympic Committee, and let's just let's just fix it. <laughs> That's all. Well, I I, I want to just um, commend you and say that we Thank appreciate you because you. you know it's it's a lot of people. Me and Tamika go through this all the time. It's always people talking about what somebody else should be doing or why are you not doing that? And why are you not doing that? And the fact that you seen there was a void and you you realize that our people have dropped the ball and you're trying to fill in that gap, you know, and, you, and you're making necessary strides and you're growing and evolving and you're taking this sport by the horns and you're doing the work necessary is something I want to commend because I'm I'm so tired of everybody saying, well, why y'all ain't do this? And why, why y'all ain't do that? This? And who, Nah, why you ain't do it? If you know it's wrong, like if you know something ain't there, why you ain't filling in the gaps? If you see something, then do what you think needs to be done. And that's what you're doing. So I just want to say, we definitely commend you and appreciate you. We want to do everything that we can utilize our platform to help you, you know, so let everybody know where they can find you, you know, either to donate or if they have, you know, jumpers who want to be involved with what you know. So you can... Absolutely find us on social media, naddo.doubledutch. You can email us at info at naddo.org. That's naddo.org, info at naddo.org. And obviously our website is naddo.org. Um, someone has reconstructed it. It's up, but we you know, make it, we go to the next level. So we get it, make it look polished. Um, but you can still hit the donate button there. Uh, you could always email for more information. You can follow us on social media and you can subscribe so that you, you know, can come out to the next competitions. Our next one will be our winter bowl in December. And we'll put more information out, obviously, or different, all of our platforms.
Well, thank you so much for joining us and educating us today <laughs> on this industry that we didn't really know was as big as it is. Uh, and wow. thank you so much for your work, Miss Layla Little Omosawe, who is yeah. the double Dutch queen. So let's put some respect on her name. And thank you so much for the for the for the sacrifice of yeah. making sure wow. that our youth are good. You know, you're a queen, and we appreciate you, sis. Thank you yes, for sir. having me. Wow. I was blown away. Like, what, me? <laughs> hey, let's do it. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's well, what the show is all about. Doing the fight. Continue fighting the fight. Everybody's needed. That's how we own it. Dope interview, man. We learned so much about Devil Dutch. Like when she said that they're mainly boys doing Devil Dutch, I really didn't do that. But I realized, like I said, during the interview, after she said that about boys being the main people that are in, well, she, she didn't say Devil Dutch. She said jump rope jumping. Mm, right, 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 right. Right. So she was saying that they are mainly males, and I realized that as a brother, you know, I used to play. All my sister had me turn in, or it was just her and her friend. She taught me how to turn. I even tried to jump. So I realized that a lot of us, by osmosis, if you have a sister, you learn how to jump. But some people actually do it. So it was a dope interview, man. I, I'm a, I'm definitely gonna look out for the sport. I want to see you know, uh, us creatives, we do, cause I've been watching Double Dutch for years. Like I used to be in the park and Double Dutch was a thing, you know, yeah. and they, used to, they had the little, they didn't have the regular rope. They had the wire rope, the little shit that, that and if you, that shit hits you, you know, that thing, and they'd be like, whoop, 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 and they'd be turning, then they start turning double orange and they it do was it was the phone cords. The we phone was cord. cords, yeah. Bro, like a long phone cord. Long, it was it serious. hurt when it snapped you too. Tear your ass to shreds. Trust me. So definitely, definitely, we're gonna look out for that, man. Um. So this just brings me to my I don't get it. You know, like I said earlier in the show. You know, we were talking about um, Carly. And we were talking about how, you know, there's this thing online now that she's found. Was it a scam? Was it this? We was also talking about whole, and we was talking about the negative comments. And I'm just, I really don't get what it is about our people that we don't give our people any level of grace, that we want to, we want to find the smallest things to diminish them, to take credibility from them. Any little small thing, a person could have been honorable done everything right and then they said yo he was smoking weed oh look i told you he ain't really that he's a scammer he sold he did this and they will do anything jc he's a devil worshiper he's this and that a, a regular dude that came from marcy projects found his way out the projects you know he figured out how to be a businessman and every time if I post that on Jay-Z on my page, the amount of hate that I get from Black people is just unbelievable to me. And it's just like, why, why, do we, why do we overlook all of the positive in us, you know, to focus on whatever we think is negative? Just like Jay said, Jay, and he, in the rhyme he said, he said, you know, everybody was critical of title. You know, I ain't say nothing about Spotify. Y'all ain't saying nothing about YouTube. Y'all don't, y'all never ask none of these questions. Who getting the money? Where it's coming from? Why? But every time it's one of us, 
doing something that is positive. You know, it's always this, this undertone theory of something wrong. It's always, we always have a conspiracy theory that everything that black people do that are successful, that there's some negativity involved, that they're not really the person they are. There's a scam. There's this, this person is this. And we feed into that shit. And I just don't get, I don't get how we, you know, how we continue to do that shit. It's just, it becomes annoying. It, it, it doesn't become annoying for me as much no more because I don't even, but when I'm watching people do great things, you know, I, I'm always, I'm always one that wants to congratulate somebody that's doing something positive, even if it's not something that I would do. You know, there's certain artists, they go, oh, you don't talk about this artist, this and that. These is kids, you know, and, and I know th these kids are going to grow. I understand the music is, a lot of it is is toxic. A lot of this shit deal with, but it's a lot of trauma that comes with it. So they'll shoot, the, and I'm like, no, we got to give the babies the opportunity to grow. Grown people that already know it's a different thing. But we don't have any level of grace for ours, man. And and it, it's just, I really just don't get how we got that way. It's They will shoot you down. The minute a negative word comes out about you, people want to say, I knew it. They want to grab onto that shit. And they want to hold on to that shit to destroy whatever it is that you've done your whole career, your whole life, they will grab onto one small negative thing and try to make that who you are and what you are. Even if it's not even true, they will attach some negative shit to somebody positive that's black and make that shit stick to the wall like glue. Man, I don't know why we do that to us. I just don't know why. Like this lady, we that lady ain't, like I said, the lady ain't said a word yet. And everybody is always oh, a scam. I knew it. This it didn't seem right. This and that. Why are we looking? Why are we creating scenarios about negativity, about some shit that we don't even know about? But we only do that shit with us. Well, I think it's important to have this conversation, and I don't have much to add because I think it's important to for you to bring it up so that some people who have that negative, like negativity is a thing that black folks, some of us have, and it's really bad. And it's not and just with like this. It's even in our own families. Everything is negative. If you, everything is just negative uh, for some people, not all people. So a lot of people out here that are super positive, but there's some people who are not. But we just finished talking about the difference between enslavement and slavery. And it, in being enslaved has created these this ideology this mindset that we still have not broken away from some of the things that we carry with us from from you know from from a time when we were robbed of our history and our culture and that loving positive energy that many of our ancestors shared towards one another. It doesn't mean there wasn't tribal war, there wasn't beef, there wasn't all of that, but there still was, and each one teach one, a building that we did together. And you know why we know? Because when you go to Africa and especially Egypt, you see it, you know that there is no way that they built pyramids and the seven, one of the seven wonders of the world. Everything that is there, the temples and all of that, unless there was some collective work. And that's why those principles, those Kwanzaa principles are so important because it helps you to drill down on working with one another, supporting one another, loving one another, acknowledging one another, encouraging one another. 
And that's the type of, um, of conversation that we have to constantly have. And I know, you know, Mark Lamont Hill and others have continuously reminded us that the Willie Lynch letter is not a real document. They, it, was, it, it was made up by somebody. But the point is that whoever made it up understood us and our challenges and they, they wrote that letter as if it were as if it were the the slave master himself writing a letter to all the other enslavers um to to, to tell them what to do to make us have issues between light skin and dark skin and house negroes and to make us not trust one another and to be uh leery and, and of, of one another i mean they that letter whether it was written by an enslaver or not, it still was written by someone who understood the power of enslavement and the power of creating division between a group of people who did not originally come from that. And so with that being said, um, everything about us and all, all the things, and I, I had this long argument with a young person at the boxing gym recently, everything about us, Nothing we are doing today is new. Everything about us has roots somewhere. And when you find your roots, you find yourself. And I think that's how we're going to end this show. <laughs> Shout out to Layla Omosawe for the dope interview. Shout out to all of our fans. Keep supporting us. Go to Street Politicians Pod, at Street Politicians Pod on Instagram. Give us your thoughts. Give us some titles, some ideas. Tell us how much you love us. Keep us to be the number one podcast in the world. That's right. Speak it into existence. And Tamika D. Mallory's not going to always be wrong. I'm not going to always be right. But mm -hmm. We will both always, and I mean always, be authentic. Peace. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR.
NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes, Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.